We spent some time with Dr. Arthur Reitman. Dr. Reitman is the medical director for cardiac cath labs at Wellstar Health System. A challenge that Wellstar and many health systems nationwide are seeing right now is a drop in patient visits to emergency rooms because, uh, uh, you know, if you're suffering from a heart attack or a stroke or um, some other issue, you maybe have questions and don't want to go to an emergency room. Yeah, you may have fear. You know, you, there's a couple of things you fear the pandemic and, and your safety. And you also don't want to take up a doctor's time that you feel may may need to be handling something else. I think you're going to really enjoy listening to what he says. Not only does he answer questions um, about what's going on, but I think he's going to make you feel really great about having Wellstar in your backyard and that um, they're, they're, they're more than capable and ready for what's going on in our community. And um, he made both of us feel better after listening to him. And I hope you enjoy it. I think you'll you'll find it super interesting with everything he talks about. It's Cadillac, Jack, and Donna, my second act podcast. And a special guest today is Dr. Arthur Reitman. And Dr. Reitman is the medical director of the cardiac cath labs at Wellstar Health System. And um, Dr. Reitman, I want to first ask you what so far today has been your bright spot just today alone. What's been your bright spot today? Because I would imagine that you have to find one to hang on to. You know, I'm, I'm an incredibly blessed guy and I, every day of my life that, that I come to, to work, I get to do something that I love, uh, for which there is really not a great substitute. I'm blessed that I have an amazing family and and a wife who uh, just supports me uh, every step of the way. And so my bright spot was being able to get up early this morning to to tell everybody goodbye, to come to work, and to be able to take care of cardiac patients here at Wellstar, um, where the place I've called my second home for the last 19 years. And so um, I'm lucky every time I get to walk into the hospital and, and see people that I know uh, and recognize, and they know that these folks are here for the same level of excellence that, that I walk in the door with every day. So I really have very little to complain about today, and, and I feel, feel very blessed. I mean, how, what do we, we just need to end there. I mean, that is just wonderful. <laughs> like you're giving us hope. And, and I think right now, you know, doctors are all of, all of the doctors um, are on our minds because we're hearing, you know, it's taking a great toll on medical staffs, what's going on right now. And, and, you know, we who are not in the medical profession, you know, obviously honor and appreciate everything you guys are doing and, and all everyone is doing. But we're not in it. We're not in the thick of it every day. And so we're able to kind of turn it on and turn it off. And so I admire you for having just that great spirit going in every day and, and, and knowing. At the end of the day, we have, we've been entrusted. Um, we've been entrusted as physicians and care, caregivers with a privilege that's really greater than almost anything else than, that, that we can use uh, in our society today, you can't, when somebody puts their trust in you during their period of greatest vulnerability, um, you take that trust 
it's it's very sacred and you must not abuse that you must um, function with that trust very deliberately and so I, I I have not heard of too many folks from around the country who have talked about I know there's a little bit of chatter about long hours and being tired and those kind of things, but that trust um, that people give us every day when they come in at their most vulnerable is something that you can never take for granted and you can never trade away. And there's nothing more important than that. So um, as physicians, as, as caretakers, um, that is that that's our highest priority. That's what we've been tasked with doing. Um, and that's what the vast majority of us do every every waking hour that we're that we're at work. How are how are you and the family doing with the 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 being at home? I know that you, you have kids that are teenagers, right, Doctor? Yes, sir. Um, like everybody else, I think that I think we're finding ways to to be creative. Um, I think that it's it's challenging to make sure that every day we're at home, we're we're the same leaders within our homes that we are here at the hospital, projecting competence and excellence, and and the knowledge that that we will. We will all persevere. We will get through this. And there must be a sense of resilience that is built that we will all get to, to look back on. It's kind of funny because <clears throat> when you, our children are growing up in an age that's, that's a little bit hard to understand. I'm sure you all feel the same with your, your three children. I have, I've always said to, to my people, um, we're not sure what jobs you're going to have in your lifetime, what, what you're going to do with your lives. When we were sitting at dinner the second night of this entire crisis, we were looking at the news and I said to them, my guess is, I said to the three of them, my guess is that you should be really paying attention closely right now because what is going on right now around the world will dictate your job in the future and you will spend a lot of your life trying to make sure that this never happens again in whatever role you choose. And I do believe that. I think that this is a, it's a watershed moment for, for the world right now, recognizing that we are all in it together and we must be moving more collaboratively um, and less di- divisively um, through this through this time frame because it doesn't really finger pointing none of none of those things are truly effective the question is how can we solve this with as few people being hurt as possible and and that's what I think all of us, um, whether we're at home or, or whether we're at the hospital, are, are aiming to do. Um, and and that's 
you know, we, we have very, we all have very difficult jobs. You all have a very difficult job in elevating this conversation um, in, in a way that, that's productive so that everybody feels empowered every day when they wake up to, to take a step that makes a change that brings us closer to a solution. Dr. Ryman, I'm a heart attack survivor. My life was saved where you are uh, right now, I believe, and that is at the cardiac cath lab at Wellstar, specifically Wellstar North Fulton Hospital. There's a trend right now, um, and I can speak to this personally, because even in a a non-crisis time, when I suffered my heart attack uh, a little over three years ago, I put off making the call for so many different reasons. Um, but what, what you are seeing and, and your peers are seeing right now is an alarming trend. And that is that people who suffer right now from a heart attack or people that suffer from a stroke right now, or, um, they're, they're delaying care because they're scared. Is it would scared be the right word? Dr. Dr. Reitman to, to, to go yes. to an emergency room tell because me, of everything me, going on. Tell me why Jack, why didn't, why didn't you come in immediately when you felt was it was it not so far out of the normal what what was it that made you say this can't be is this can't be a heart attack this can't be something terrible i'm just just give me a minute it'll get better that was exactly it i was exercising dr reitman i was swimming in a pool i was 42 years old at the time and i felt this um uh, no heart disease in my family either. And so when I was swimming, I f- suddenly felt this tear and I didn't know what it was because in my mind, Dr. Reitman, it was, uh, you know, heart attacks are like, uh, Sanford and son, you know, I'm coming for you, Elizabeth. They're very dramatic. And, and I'm sure some are mine was not though. I didn't know what it was. I knew to get out of the pool because I was the only person there. Um, and, um, I sat around for about five, 10 minutes and didn't do anything. And, 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 so I drove home, which was about five miles. Now, I know now, looking back, I was in full cardiac arrest. And we, my wife Donna and I, we have three kids, as we, we, we spoke of, we talked about. And um, we had, at yeah. the time, my wife worked downtown full-time, and I was doing radio full-time. So we had both had, had pretty hectic schedules. We had some help with the kids. I got home, and I went upstairs to see uh, Sarah, who was our, our nanny. And she was with our youngest daughter. And she looked at me, and she said, you don't look well. And I said, you know, I don't feel well. I'm going to go lay down. And she said, no, you're not. I'm going to call 911. <laughs> and I said, Sarah, do not do it. And, and here's why, Dr. Reitman, because I didn't think it was anything on that level. I you, wasn't didn't in, want, you didn't want to scare the kids. I wasn't in you pain. I also knew the school bus was getting ready to come, drop off my other two kids. And I did not want uh, a, a Milton Fire and police and rescue my cul-de-sac to, to, to cause a distraction when I knew, Dr. Reitman, it wasn't anything. Come on. I knew this wasn't a heart attack. And Sarah looked at me, our nanny looked at me, and she said, um, I'm calling 911 right now, and you can fire me. <laughs> and I she would, saved your life. She, she did. did. She, she did, Dr. Yeah. Reitman. I would have never made that call. I'm stubborn. I am so stubborn. Uh, Sarah saved my life. And within minutes, Milton Fire and Rescue was, was in my living room. And they even, I was having conversations with them just like we are right now. And they were even very surprised that I was in, I had a widow maker. I was in full cardiac arrest, but I was sitting in my recliner in my living room and they were able, because of the technology that, that the, the cardiac cath labs have at Wellstar, they transmitted uh, from my living room to the cardiac 
cath lab at Wellstar. And I I knew there was a problem, Dr. Reitman, because suddenly the pace in my living room started to pick up quite a bit. Um, And and the small talk turned to, it was was controlled chaos. And they said, we got to go. And I was still in a wet bathing suit, Dr. Reitman. And and I said, can I not change Mm -hmm. clothes? No, we have to go now. Can I get my glasses? No, we have to go. And so it was, uh, it was a lot of parts. Um, I'm a man, I'm a stubborn man. And maybe that was one of the, one of the biggest reasons why. What's, what's really incredible is that we have spent as a, as a society, cardiovascular disease is responsible for more deaths in the United States than most form of cancers combined times with a multiple there um it's responsible for over 500,000 lives american lives every year and when you when you think about that number and i'm not negating any any single person's loss i mean the loss of life here um, as it pertains to this virus, has been catastrophic, and and I think it saddens all of us. The loss of life is roughly in the United States today. I think the number that I saw today was a little bit over fifty thousand lives, tragically. Over five hundred, between five hundred and five hundred and fifty thousand Americans die every year from heart and stroke related illnesses jack that that i mean that's atrocious it's just it is atrocious that we lose so many people and so over the last 30 years we have spent as a medical community so much time and effort raising awareness telling people what to look for, teaching Sarah to call 911, you know, telling our communities, our schools, our, you know, everybody, our businesses, teaching them about defibrillators and, and, and getting an EMS provider to you. And within a matter of a number of weeks, the really alarming thing to many of us has been sort of the 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 fading memory of all of the previous work that we've done and and it really has scared us we know that because of the decline in heart attacks and strokes that we're seeing coming into the hospital we know that these folks you imagine if you if COVID had been out there, would you have even come at that time? These folks are sitting at home having their heart attacks with the complications of heart attacks that we haven't seen in decades because we get to people so quickly now. And I think that is that is really that fear, that knowledge that it is still out there heart attacks are not disappearing people are are not coming to the hospital and the consequences of that 
maybe catastrophic weeks or even months from now. And I think that is, that's why I really appreciate you all talking to us so much to remind everyone that at Wellstar, our hospitals are, are safe. We're doing the same thing that we've done for the last 40 years, taking care of some of the most complicated cardiovascular problems. And we're very, very proud of our outcomes and the results we've been able to achieve. The COVID crisis has raised, sort of raised the awareness of all of us of how important it is to work as a team. But we want to remind folks that this is not, cardiovascular disease is not going away. And your same physicians are, who have done miraculous jobs for you in the past, continue to do the same thing day in, day out. And we're doing the same thing, Jack, in, for, for many people today that, that we had done, you know, that we did six weeks ago and day and night before that. And we're extremely, we're just, we're, we're really proud of, of what we've been able to accomplish for our communities around the metropolitan and Atlanta area. And I think Dr. Reitman also what may be going on with people right now is there's always a group of people who, for whatever reason, maybe are afraid to go to the hospital or, or as, as you know, in my husband's case, it, thinking it will get better or it's maybe not as serious. But I think with what's going on right now with um, the pandemic and COVID is that people are also afraid to, they don't want to tie up the hospital's resources. You know, they're, they're, they, Absolutely. they are afraid to take doctors away from, you know, the other fight that's going on. And so I know you probably want to say to anyone that, that Wellstar has enough resources to care for everyone. And that if there's anything going on with you, you should not feel like you're, you know, that you should just stay home and and battle it or deal with it on your own. We have, we have amazing protocols that we put into place. So a a cardiac patient comes in to a COVID-free area of the hospital where they're prepared for the procedure. The procedure areas are completely COVID-free and they're discharged the vast majority of people the same day. We have the, we have the resources and the folks who have trained their whole lives to do this. And our, our, our resources run very, very deep and, and we work with uh, some wonderful administrative folks who have helped us to ensure that everything that we could possibly need for this community is uh, is there. And whether it's PPE or whether it is the personal protection equipment, the gowns, the masks, all of those sorts of things, we have not had a problem with getting the the stuff that we need for our cardiovascular patients. The testing has has been a little more challenging because you really want to know when a patient's in the hospital whether the pneumonia that they're experiencing is related to the coronavirus or not. For most people, it's not. 
And when you look at the numbers, when you look at the data across the United States, 1%, there is a 1% mortality rate or so, just as Dr. Fauci and Gottlieb had predicted from the beginning. And that is, although horrible, uh, and clearly much worse in certain areas like New York or Detroit or New Orleans, um, it, it is not ubiquitous. It is not across the country. And we have, we have seen a majority of our folks leave the hospital doing very, very well. And so that is, I think that's the message that we want to convey is that at Wellstar, our hospitals are safe. Our physicians and our, our providers are here and available and ready to go just as, just as we've always been. And we don't want to see people sitting at home suffering because they're scared of the hospital. The, the processes, cardiovascular disease, the mortality that's associated with that is dramatically higher than it is with the flu or with other things. There is no, we don't need to compare disease processes. One is not worse than the other, but, but we are here for all of it. And we have been blessed with, uh, with everything that we need to take care of our community. And we're very, very fortunate. We also have excellent relationships. We've learned over time that the relationships that we have, not just with our patients in our community and within our medical group are so important, but the relationships that we have with the other healthcare systems in town, the benefits of that have been intangible. And so we do sort of gut checks, if you will, on a frequent basis, asking asking other other uh, cardiologists critical care doctors around town so what are you all doing what what is this going to look like for you all and this has come at the direction of our leadership our our ceo she speaking with other ceos around town um on a very frequent basis has helped to coordinate how all of the medical resources are being used and how we are ramping our operations back up with elective procedures back to to the capacity that we previously were able to accommodate. At what point, Dr. Reitman, will you be able to say um, that this is no longer a problem? Meaning the, the 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 crisis, the the the, the coronavirus, COVID nineteen. What, what at what point will you be comfortable saying, um, it's okay to begin to live life again? Um, you know, it's it's an interesting conversation, and I think it's um, I at at this point, what I've what I've derived from 
Dr. Fauci, Dr. Gottlieb, Dr. Burks, is that um, it's more of a philosophical question, Jack. Let me ask you this question. I'm going to turn it around Please. a little bit. Coronary artery disease is a disease you have, correct? Yes. Because because you've had a heart attack. So will you ever be free of coronary artery disease? No. No. You'll all it'll always be with you. I think it's it's part of it's part of our lives. But but the fact of the matter is that life is for the living and we must adjust to a new normal. We know that that we must be a bit more cautious than in the past. There's no way that you'll ever be able to to convince me or most physicians that I can't in a patient that I have a wonderful relationship with, that I can't give them a hug, that I can't give my friends and family a hug and and make sure they understand how much I care about them. Once once we accomplish what's called herd immunity, once the majority or roughly there's uh, equanimity in the in the population between people who have an antibody to the virus and those that do not, once that exists, then we're probably just fine. So uh, between that and, and getting the vaccine, I think getting a vaccine, that's when you'll be the most comfortable. But as you know, to tell your children your parents, your anyone to put their lives on hold for for eighteen or twenty four months, that's that's a, a near impossibility. You've learned the value of probably better than any of us, the value of the minutes, of the days, of of living every every minute that you can. 24 months is uh, 18 to 24 months is, is a very long time. And so what I would say is there will come a point in, in the near future where we will have the opportunity to live our lives again. I think we should be smart about it. I think that um, we should spend a significant amount of time being careful and washing our hands and, and, and perhaps huge Sporting events um, are a challenge, or or large music festivals. Those things are that's hard for me to say. I'm originally from New Orleans, but the fact of the matter is that um, those may be things that we put on hold just a little bit, and maybe what we do is spend more time with with those people who we love the most. I don't think that day is that far off. When I was released from Wellstar, um, after being a grateful patient, and I continue to be to this day, and always will be, um, yes, sir. I, I still keep in touch. I call her my angel, but Lynn Hogan, who was my cardiac uh, rehab facilitator, I participated in the cardiac rehab program in North Fulton afterwards, and and um, 
I, I, I kid with her. We have lunch occasionally, Dr. Reitman, at the Longhorn right down from the hospital on, on Mansell. And so I'll meet Lynn for lunch, and I'll order a salad and a water <laughs> while she's sitting there with me. And then as soon as Lynn goes back to the hospital, and then I'll go like cross the street to In-N-Out Burger after Lynn leaves the pot. I'm kidding. He's I'm kidding. kidding. I'm He's kidding. kidding. <laughs> but my, my, my point is that, that you know, I, I always say to people, um, you know, the people that park in that parking lot every day from um, nurses to physical therapists to uh, cardiovascular surgeons and doctors, uh, the hands of the people that, that steer their cars into that parking lot every single day. Wellstar saved my life, and I am forever grateful for that. And with everything that's going on right now, um, and, and, and seeing a down trend or a drop in patient visits to emergency rooms during the pandemic, it is important that everyone realize that that your health has to be top of mind always and that Wellstar and, and hospital systems just like Wellstar are able to um, give you the help and the health that, that you need with, with heart attacks and strokes and, and any other uh, issues that, that come up. And so um, do not think that you cannot go to uh, Wellstar or, or to a hospital right now during the pandemic to get the health and, and help and, and, and to be saved right now. Thank you so much for for getting that message out. You can't, um, I, I can't emphasize how strongly, how emphatically all of us feel about that. Um, I think that the the concern, as as we've alluded to, is people not coming in when they don't feel well. These the hospitals are not. Um, viral breeding grounds. They are not, uh, the virus is not everywhere. There are some patients who need a certain skill set that some of our doctors have, but the virus is, is contained. And it's not, the other thing to know as well that the, is that the majority of the problems that you're, that you're witnessing, when you see people on television, uh, who are so sick, um, it is, it's not the virus so much that is causing them to be as critically ill as they are. It's really their body responding to a foreign agent. And so it's the release of certain biochemical products that cause the lungs to be leaky and an pneumonia to get worse or cause the heart muscle to be slightly slightly weakened. A lot of these things are not necessarily the virus being so malignant, if you will. Much of it has to do with our body's response to a foreign a foreign agent and the way that we try to uh, get rid of it. And that's really, it's an important thing to know. Each person responds very differently. For some people, their oxygenation levels fall dramatically and they require assistance with breathing. For some people, they just have some muscle aches and, and a low-grade fever, and they go on with their lives. But that's what we're experts at at determining. So 
whether it is um, whether what you're concerned about is is the virus or if you just know there's something not right wellstar is is here for the entire gamut of cardiovascular disease treatment as well as um, viral treatments with coronavirus or or anything else we have just some absolute experts at, at uh, infectious diseases so we all work together i think that 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 is the that's really the thing that separates wellstar from other healthcare systems where i have worked is cultural integrity that that brings us all together moving together working together for our communities and always pushing and trying to get better and to to make things better um, we we are a group of 87 cardiologists um, it's it's been exceedingly rare over my 19 years um, three three people have left our group for for personal reasons over that time frame culturally being with a group of people who you love to work with every day uh, I can't imagine a, a greater gift than that Dr. Ryman, we appreciate your time so much. And um, and thank you for everything you're doing. Sure, you know? certainly, yeah. And, and thank you for your positivity. Thank um, you. It makes us feel better. And I know to, to hear to hear that, that, you know, you guys are are just so thankful to show up every day and, and you're doing amazing work and we appreciate it truly. Dr. Arthur Reitman is Medical Director of Cardiac Cath Labs at Wellstar Health System. Be well, doctor, and uh, we'll see you soon if... Um, Hopefully not. Well, the, but... Yeah. Maybe around town yeah, or at the Starlight yeah, Anytime, <laughs> Jack Donna, please thank you all so much for for having me on. It really is uh it's a real pleasure to be able to speak with you and to to help thank you for helping me to to remind the community that we are a very we have a very deep bench here at Wellstar. There are a lot of things that that we do very well for for our community and it is our greatest privilege to to be able to participate with many individuals care at their time of yeah. of greatest vulnerability and we take that we take that very very seriously thank so you dr ryman I be well thank sir you all for having me on thank you so much have a great week you all too take care <laughs>